Yes, you did hear it this morning. It was the, it's the gospel text for this week. Um, but I thought, perfect text for an induction. About 70 years after the French Revolution, Charles Dickens published his book, A Tale of Two Cities, which was... You're a bit taller than the other ones. <laughs> a Tale of Two Cities was a story about the city of Paris in revolution and the city of London, contrasting and comparing them. About 70 years after the text that we read was first enacted, Matthew published his or her version of that story. And it's a story of contrast and compare about two kingdoms. Jesus chose the word kingdom when he talked about his way of being in the world and his way of understanding the world very carefully. We might choose commonwealth or democracy or government, but kingdoms in Jesus' time dominated all of life. Everything that happened to a person happened inside a kingdom. And, and to quote the classics, what have the Romans ever done for us is, well, quite a lot actually, everything. The Romans have done everything. The Romans dominated all of economic life, all of cultural life. They even dominated all of spiritual life. They named their rulers gods after they died. And the ones who were alive, sons of God. They conquered all of life. When they said all roads lead to Rome, they meant that physically, but they meant that emotionally and spiritually and culturally. It was just everything. So when Jesus said, I am talking about a kingdom, he was not on about a personal experience of God. Of course, that's a part of it. He was not on about morality. Maybe that's a part of it too. He was on about something much bigger. And in this story, we get the contrast between two kingdoms because just before this reading of a feast for 5,000 men and countless women and children, we have the story of Herod having a feast, a feast for his birthday, a feast that ends in the death of John the Baptist. Now, Jesus was very keen on feasts, by the way, so keen that he was well known, uh, according to his detractors, as a drunk and a glutton. Not something that happens a lot in our churches. Um, and, you know, we say we want to follow Jesus, but, you know. Uh, but, but every time he talked about the kingdom, not every time, nearly every time, there was a feast involved, a celebration. And what we've got here is another celebration, a feast. But it's in contrast to the feast of Herod. Herod's feast was for the 1%. Jesus for everybody. Herod's feast happened in an enclosed, expensive palace. Jesus' feast happened out in the wilderness where anyone could turn up. And there's so many contrasts and comparisons we could make. But the feast of Herod, the kingdom of Herod, if you like, was so colonised that it even colonised the minds of Jesus' disciples. Because when they came against a problem that we had all these people and no food, they came up with a plan. And it's a very good plan. They said, send the crowd away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. 
It's sensible, it's practical, it's doable. We're keen on those sorts of things, aren't we? It's everyone for themselves. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's, if you have a go, you get a go. And it would work, wouldn't it? Well, who knows? I mean, scholars tell us that there were possibly, if you added up all the villages in the Galilee at the time, there might have been 600 people. So here we're talking about 10 times that. Would it work? Well, it would on paper. And let's face it, that's the important thing. Should the Reserve Bank keep rising, raising interest rates? Well, it works on paper. So surely that's all, all we need to know, isn't it? And even more important, they said, send the crowds away. And we like away, don't we? We like Manus Island, we like Christmas Island. We like Nauru. We like town camps outside of cities. We like a way. We even like a way in climate change. We even like to think we're throwing our rubbish away. We like a way. It's a sensible, organised, reasonable plan. And God, don't we need reasonable? And look, this is a deserted place. And the hour is now late. Look, this is the wrong place at the wrong time. And we're the wrong people because we have nothing. Look, this is just the way it must be. We have to keep raising interest rates because the economy demands it. There must be an increase in house prices because that's the way that our economy has always worked. We must have controls over the life of First Nations people because it's sensible and it makes perfect sense. We must be parsimonious with our income support in this country because it makes sense, it's sensible. We really have no choice. We don't want to. We've got no choice. But then Jesus critiques the whole thing and he says, they need not go away. Because there is no away. The kingdom of heaven is among you, Jesus says in Luke. The kingdom of heaven in Matthew is at hand. There is no away. It's all here. It's all now. The truth of the world is that it is created in goodness over and over we got told that in the very beginning God did this, God did that it was good, it was good, it was good, it was very good that's the nature and reality of the world, that's the world that Jesus lives in it's the world where something comes out of almost nothing and suddenly there's everything, it's the world where the yeast goes into the flour and suddenly there's dough Everywhere. It's the small becoming the big. Where? In a deserted place. When? Here, now. In a deserted place where many of us live a lot of the time. And then Jesus says, Bring them to me, meaning the fish and the bread. And we know, you know, he lifts it up and he does the magic stuff. But why is he saying, bring it to me? Why couldn't they have just lifted it up? And we do it every week, don't we? Or every month, because we're Uniting Church, I've forgotten. Um, if we were Catholics, of course, we would do it properly and do it every day. But we don't. We... He said, bring it to me, because surely it's about 
bring this to the center of the world. Bring yourself into alignment with the true reality of the nature of things. The DNA of the world is shot through with the divine. Get on board. Come, bring it here. Bring yourself here. Bring your mind here. Away from it being colonized by we have no choice. These things must be done. People must be sent away. And then you give them something to eat. That's your job, Linda. Give them something to eat. It's dead easy, isn't it? All we've got to do, all we've ever got to do is get together and eat and feast and look after each other and make sure everybody gets enough and then there'll be quite a lot left over, apparently. <laughs> but that's, that's, our, that's our thing. We're asking Linda, all of us together, to come here and to say over and over again, let's eat. That's the job. Let's eat. And maybe Brown Place will become a church that's known as a bunch of drunks and gluttons. <laughs> let's eat. It's in the deserted place where we experience. And we know it. We see, we're seeing our institution that many of us have spent much of our lives loving and caring for evaporating before our eyes. We know this way of being churches in its end moments. It's the deserted place and we feel like we've got nothing. Oh, just these bits. But we put on a feast. We do it every week here with Uniting Care North Adelaide. The feast we do it every month with tiny bits of bread and wine. It's the feast. We do it when we're in relationship with each other. We do it when we care about each other. We do it when we just turn up. As ragged as we are and as deserted as we feel, it's the feast. And it finishes that they all got filled up. That's a great place to stop.